And for me, it took me five or six years just to start thinking a little clearly. And every year since then, a little more, a little more. Going on 19 years in December. It's not by accident. Listening to the Recover Yourself podcast, you'll see that people with long-term recovery, double-digit years, are still having to face little addictions. Hello, I'm Martin John, your host of the Recover Yourself podcast, and I'm utilizing this episode to try and just lay some groundwork on what Recover Yourself is and why this Uh, why this podcast focuses on people with long-term recovery. You see, so much of the recovery conversation is around recovering from, which is the most important and most crucial part of any recovery. So 12 steps, smart recovery, whatever you're doing to get yourself to a place where you are not picking up every day or giving yourself some space to get some time within your recovery, that is the single most important thing you can do right now if you're entering into um, recovery, if you're entering into sobriety, if you're entering into cleanliness, whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> like I don't care what you're touching or what you've been touching. If you feel like you need to get away from it, you need to get away from it. And anything that gets you some distance from your drug of choice, from the behaviors that you've been uh, working with, that is perfect and that's wonderful. Um, There's a lot of resources out there and I support a number of people and and, um, and podcasts and, um, and other outlets to help you do that. There's Recovery Elevator, there's recovery happy hour there's um sober is dope there are so many um different podcast recovery lifestyles with carmel pelly um uh so many places where you can hear stories of people that got clean and sober and how they did it that's not what i'm here to talk about what i'm interested in is what comes beyond that How do we get beyond that? And when we do, what do we do with it? I was so happy with my first interview um, with Joe Lawson because he talked about his ice cream addiction. And he also talked about, like, yes, it's better than a heroin addiction, but he doesn't want to discredit it so much that he's losing himself. And that is what Recover Yourself is all about. Like, what are we doing? How are we living our lives to be more ourselves, more our genuine self? Because the ice cream, the sugar, the, 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 the little things that we pick up along the way, those things have been dictating a little bit how we see ourselves and how we present ourselves to the world. And of course, things like that are super important when you enter into recovery because entering into recovery or entering into sobriety or starting your journey into recovery is difficult, which is why so few people continue, right? Like when you have five years, that's a, that's a significant thing. That means not a lot of people are getting to five years. That means people are putting down and picking back up, putting down and picking back up. 
one of the most important things for me is like, I want you to put down and start to find that, yes, although this is difficult, there is something on the other side. It's not just boring. It's not just hard. It's not just, there's something there. I work with people all the time that have four, five, six years. And I say, well, you're still in early recovery. And they're like, what? I got five years. Like, how can you say I'm in early recovery? And I'm like, well, when I do talk about time, someone can have one year and be in long-term recovery. That's not going to necessarily happen to most people, right? Like, it is mindset. It is how you see things. It's how you process things and how you understand the world around you. And that's the, that's the really hard work is, is understanding that your path and someone else's path have nothing to do with one another because you entered it and you're going to exit it in a very unique, interesting way that is going to be yours, completely yours. When I work with intensive outpatient programs, it's real important for me to understand that some of these people are not here to actually change. And the struggles that they're having is because they're only, they're only toying with some ideas of sobriety and they're not really ready to be there. The conversation I want to have is for those people that are ready to be there and ready to quit. If you're ready to quit, it can be difficult still to tell your friends because you feel like you're not going to be loved or you're not going to be accepted and you're not going to, but if you're ready to quit, not being accepted by people who aren't going to accept you, that's has to be part of the conversation. You see, there's a big difference between recovering from and recovering to. When we're recovering from, we're associating our life with that thing that happened years ago. And when we're recovering from, what we decide to do is we put a pick in the ground and then we grab that rope and then we pull on it and we say, we got one year, we got two years, we got three years. And we're constantly associating where we are today with where we were X number of years ago. That doesn't mean having a date is a bad thing. That doesn't mean having, you know, having an association with where you're coming from is a bad thing. That's not, I'm not making any big statements like that. All I'm saying is the addition of talking about where, what are we recovering to is going to be the big is going to be the big shift in our conversation. Where are we headed? And when we can introduce that conversation to people that are just starting to get sober, when we can introduce it, I'm not saying have this conversation, right? I'm saying when we can say, hey, you're eventually going to want to rebuild your life. And that's it. Just say, you're eventually going to want to rebuild your life. And what what do you see in the world today? Because what we see in the world today is so much a reflection of who we are. And so when we see everybody around us disrespecting us, where are we disrespecting ourselves? When we see that we're responsible for everyone and everything around us, and that gives us you know, like, like, like people didn't ask us to be responsible and yet we take on this responsibility for other people and other things. We have a relationship with responsibility, 
right? Especially if that's something that when we go out in the world, we get upset about, we get angry about, we're like, oh, they don't, they don't appreciate that I'm taking on this responsibility. Well, what is it about the responsibility that you need? Um, and if it is about appreciation, they don't appreciate me. Where do you not appreciate yourself? Where are you not appreciating your time? Where are you not appreciating your work? And by introducing that in any stage of recovery, we start to see how we're perceiving the world around us. And we're able to start realizing how we have been treating ourselves. Now this is what recover to and recovering yourself is. Instead of looking out and saying the drugs and the alcohol were the problem or the people were the problem or our parents were the problem or whoever abused us, whoever gave us our trauma, whoever you know passed that along, it is about owning yourself. It's about recovering yourself. When we're little, when we're born, we get this experience of having to do for others. Right? In order to get fed, we have to cry in a certain way. In order to um, be appreciated in school, we have to do our homework. We have, to, we have to appease our teachers. We have to appease our parents. We have to appease our partners. We have to appease our bosses. Throughout our life, we're giving up little bits of ourselves. And when that's too much, we find our drug of choice. Because for our drug of choice... We can escape having to be for someone else. We escape because we're not comfortable with what we've created for ourselves. We're not comfortable with being this person that other people want us to be. And the, the person that we end up being is not someone we like. Might not even be someone we care about. And because of that, we've picked up so many different pacifiers, right? We pick up drugs, alcohol anything like that will make us feel a little better and help us get through another day. I look at addiction in a very broad sense, right? It's not it's not drugs, alcohol, gambling, shopping, da 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 da. It's not these things, right? What are you doing to pacify yourself at the moment? And do you do that regularly? I look at cleaning and reading and and school and I look at all of these things that people go, yeah, but that's a good thing, right? Like, well, I exercise a lot, but that's a good thing. It's really hard to say, yeah, I take meth every day, but that's a good thing because of the stigma meth has in the world, right? But just because you don't say it doesn't mean that that's not, re it's not really what's being said. I mean, when you have an addiction, you're like, well, I have an addiction, so this is what I'm going to do. Um, and you are saying it's a good thing. Because if you didn't think it was a good thing, you wouldn't be doing it. And, and it's praised in our society to read, you know, oh, read 10 books a month, right? Like, well, if you're reading 10 books a month, how much of that is because you're trying to avoid being with yourself? That might not be healthy, right? I know, I know generally in society, we're just like reading is good, right? Being clean and neat is good. Exercising is good. All these things are good. But at some point, if you're doing it to escape yourself, we have to address that as an addiction. In my episode with uh, Trisha Lewis of Recovery Happy Hour, we talked about her shoe collection. And I like shoes. 
So I commented on her shoe collection and I praised her briefly for her shoe collection. And that's how we're trained to do things, right? Like, oh, wow, you got a great shoe collection. In my mind while I was asking, I was also like, ooh, that's, a, that's an addiction. And she recognized that and, she, and we addressed that in the episode. And that's amazing, right? To be able to look at the thing that everyone around you is telling is a good thing. And then all of a sudden you say, no, that's my addiction. Now you get the opportunity to step away from that addiction and get some distance from it. And so that's how I see addiction. And that it's, it's a broad sense. But I also see recovery in a broad sense. I like to say that addiction is not a prerequisite for recovery, right? Hardcore addiction or rock bottom or, you know, there is no prerequisite for recovery. Because like I mentioned earlier, we're always giving up for someone else. And we do want to recover who we are. And in order to do that, we have to know who we are. So stepping away from those little addictions that we have, whether that be sugar or ang- you know, getting angry or our work or reading or writing or work or cleaning um, emotional loops, all of these things that help us check out of who we are, watching TV, checking our phones, checking instant, you know, like Instagram or our social media or where are we adding value? Where are we adding like perceived value to our lives when we don't have intrinsic value within our lives, right? Are there places where I know I still struggle with this. I still struggle with where is my value coming from? Is it coming from my productivity? Because if it's coming from my productivity, it's real important for me to understand that I have value outside of my productivity, And that's an important understanding, and that's important for me to recognize. You can start to recover yourself right now by asking yourself, where am I pacifying? When am I uncomfortable being with myself? Because as soon as you realize when you're uncomfortable being with yourself, you can start to give yourself space to be with yourself and understand where you're at. Every one of my episodes has talked with somebody that is on a journey to looking at themselves deeply. And I encourage you to continue listening to this podcast because it is a journey. It's always a journey. And it's not just drugs and alcohol, right? It's drugs, alcohol, coffee, sugar, television, telephone, other people, like... Like, we pacify ourselves in so many ways, most of which are little insidious things that just find their way into our lives. If you walk into your house and it's empty and you turn the TV on just for noise, you're pacifying so you don't have to sit with your own thoughts. Again, hardcore addiction is not a prerequisite for recovering yourself. And recovering from, for those of you who are coming out of addiction, and for those of you who have struggled with addiction, recovering from is a long process. This is why I still, this is why I say even after five years, eh, you're still in early recovery. Because 
you've dedicated during your active addiction, you dedicated your life to a substance or a behavior. Now, when you start to recover, your life is still dedicated to that, but it's dedicated to that, the lack of that. Your mind is still reeling with thoughts of alcohol, I mean, or drugs. And that's why those rules are in place. That's why those steps are in place. That's why those, that's why sponsors and accountability buddies are great. Because once you have those, you can talk about all the thoughts you have regarding your drug of choice or your behavior of choice. Once that starts getting settled, once your mind starts getting settled outside of that, all of the things that you had that behavior or substance to hide from, to pacify from, start coming back into your awareness. Now it gets difficult. This is where relapse really becomes an escape and, and, and really becomes difficult to, uh, to avoid. Many people relapse at this point when they start to see those angry, sad, hateful thoughts come back into their life. And they will. And I say, you have to really go through that. You have to start seeing yourself from there in order to even start to think that you're thinking clearly. Pink clouds be damned. It's after that that you really start to know who you are, honestly, without the drugs, alcohol, or behavior. And for me, it took me five or six years just to start thinking a little clearly. And every year since then, a little more, a little more. Going on 19 years in December. It's not by accident. Listening to the Recover Yourself podcast, you'll see that people with long-term recovery double-digit years, are still having to face little addictions. And maybe you see addiction as being this really big thing, and so you wouldn't consider some of these things addictions. But I'd encourage you to start widening your understanding of addiction and not looking out in the world going, well, everybody does this. Because everybody can recover themselves a little bit more. Everybody can really learn something by looking at those things where they pacify themselves and those things where they pacify themselves to a point of continuing to um, discredit their own thoughts or, or not really be in control of their lives. I often ask people, did you drink coffee today? And they say yes. And then I say, did you choose to drink coffee today? And then they say yes. And I say, okay. Now, I want you to really ask yourself if you chose to drink coffee or if you just made the decision to drink coffee a long time ago and you're just going through with it today. Because usually people with a coffee, who, who drink coffee every day, don't actually choose to drink coffee today. They chose it at some other point, and now it's part of their routine. So they're not actually choosing to drink coffee. And they say, well, then I'll be tired, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. And they, like, that's fine. 
Those are excuses for you to continue doing that. And if you want to continue doing it, that's fine. But have you even brought up the question, is this something you want to do? When you're doing that, just like with our drugs, just like with our alcohol, just like with our behaviors, gambling, whatever it was, we're avoiding being aware of something. We're avoiding something of ourselves. And with coffee, we're avoiding being aware that we're tired. And if you know halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, if you're tired, you need to take care of that or you're going to be making bad decisions. This is why it's so important to recover from. And then as you start to recover too, you start asking yourself, where else do I need to just take some ownership? Because when I can take a little bit of ownership, then I'm recovering to myself. Then I'm recovering myself. And then I'm able to think clearer. I'm able to make choices from a place that is open. And I'm not saying people need to stop drinking coffee. I'm not saying people stop, need to stop using drugs, alcohol, any of these things. Recovering yourself means getting some distance, getting enough distance from these things that help you pacify. And then asking yourself if it's something that you continue to want to have in your life. At that point, you can choose to have it or not. But understand that you need to get enough distance from it. If you stop drinking coffee for one day, you're going to have a headache. And then you're going to say, oh, well, I want it in my life, so I don't have a headache. You're not giving yourself enough time. Same with alcohol. Alcohol's control may have controlled your life or may have controlled a lot of your relationships for a long period of time. Give yourself a month to just step away from it and really give yourself a community, give yourself a surrounding in which that's going to be supported. You're going to live your life and as you step away from the things that you're escaping yourself from, you're going to grow into yourself. If you define yourself by someone who drinks coffee every day, that's your definition. That's a label and it's a limit. Just like when we decided that we were going to define ourselves by the fact that we drink and our friends won't accept us if we don't. Or we're going to use and our friends won't accept us if we don't. Those are labels and limits we put on ourselves. And when you go around telling people, I read 15 books this month, it's a label and a limit. Thank you for listening um, to the Recover Yourself podcast. Thank you for listening to me. Um, I love what I do. I love uh, the message of recovering yourself. Again, I don't have your answer, but I always want to help you find your answer. There is no right answer to your recovery. Um, if you don't feel good about it, it needs to change. If it's not working, it needs to change. And the only way you know it's not working is because you don't feel good about it. Or it's not taking you where you want to go. You are amazing. Recovering yourself means recovering God within you. Not God as is written in any book. But you. You are God. As am I. We all are. As are all the people that trigger you and get you pissed off and all of those things. And so trying to find 
when they when they piss us off, where are we in that? When when they don't appreciate us, where are we not appreciating us? Where are we not appreciating our strength and power? Again, thank you for listening to the Recover Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Martin John. Please um, support this this podcast so I can continue bringing the best of what recovery has to offer. And um, if you're someone with long-term recovery, if you're someone that resonates with what I'm saying here, please contact me via Instagram or my website, martinjohn.com or recoveryourself.life. Until next time, keep recovering yourself. <laughs>